Download Adam Sank's last comedy album on Amazon, iTunes, or Google Play. We're already in the shower together. <laughs> the risk has been taken. If I don't blow you, the risk will have been for nothing. Warning. The program you're about to hear contains highly offensive and indecent material. Ryan, pull down your pants. <laughs> JB, you start Let's... sucking. The host, a comedian of questionable talent, speaks incessantly on topics of a sexual and scatological nature. I will fuck you, but I will not eat you. I want that fucking dick down my throat while I'm dicking him down. I okay. hope my mother's listening. Your ass became a rosebud? Yeah, that's because I got dicked down real good. <laughs> he asks questions of his celebrity guests that are highly inappropriate and rude. Which of you has a bigger penis? Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun, good one. Going down on the clitoris? Oh, yes. Oh, I Absolutely. like where you're going with yep. this. For some reason, the word strap-on just comes right out of my mouth, Bianca. Yeah, you said come and strap-on at the same time. <laughs> and he cannot stop talking about his buttocks. I think your butt is telling you, no mas, por favor. <laughs> this is the Adam Sank Show. If it's in my hand, I'm going to suck it. Powered by DNR Studios. <laughs> and now... The one, the only... Hello, welcome to the Adam Sank Show. We are not live, but this is a brand new episode. If you are listening at 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday, September 7th, 2019 at DNRstudios.com, the only place you can hear this podcast throughout the week that it first airs. If you listen elsewhere, make sure you leave us your ratings and reviews. It really helps. Got to get those, uh, those hits up. Want to improve my ranking on iTunes. We are uh, at present number 95 of all comedy interview podcasts on iTunes. It's pretty good to be in the top, top 100. 100. Right? Amazing. But bitch, Woo! I want to be in the top 10. So okay. uh, you got to leave those reviews. It really makes a difference. I've got about 110 reviews. That's like a tenth of our audience. So the rest of you. I'm going to leave a review for you. You still haven't? You little cunt. You faggot. Adam is saying. You is faggot. a whore. <laughs> anyway, leave me your reviews. Email me, me, at adam at adamsank.com. I love getting emails from people who have never reached out before just to say, like, hey, I loved this show or I loved this interview or when you did this or, hey, fuck you, I hate you, whatever it is. We had, like, um, a, a exchange, like, a thread with, what was that guy that oh, was emailing with us? Yeah, he lives in the same building as... Who is it? Oh, Jussie. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, Jussie. he lives. In the, yeah, one of our listeners lives in the same building as Jussie Smollett, and he was spilling a little tea. Mm. Uh, so far, the only real tea is that he's the most unfriendly person he's ever seen. But you know, that makes sense. given Jussie's uh, yeah, what Jussie went through in the past year, I can see where he wouldn't want to talk to anyone. Uh, like the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. Download my comedy albums, especially Adam Sank's last comedy album. Uh, leave that a review. Go to adamsank.com to keep JB on the ass. Donate to me and Ryan's, uh, to Ryan's and my Cycle for the Cause pages, uh, which you can go to, I think it's cycleforthecause.org, or just look on our Facebook pages for those links. Ryan Frostig is here. Hey. JB Bercy is here. Hi. Today's show will be a complete mess. I can't wait. This is a, a very non-traditional show. Hmm. For one thing, we have no guests. Uh, a lot of the stories I've been holding on to for a while, so they're going to be kind of old. But that can be That's fun. Okay. And um, I have to explain something to you. So the first 
I believe it's uh, 14. The first 14 episodes of The Adam Stank Show are not available on iTunes. I just recently discovered this. Wow. The reason they're not available is because in those days, we used to start every episode with a track from my first comedy album, mm-hmm. Adam Sank Live from the Stonewall Inn. Now, <clears throat> comedy tracks, just like music tracks, are coded so that if they air anywhere, uh, they can be tracked and the, uh, the, the whoever's airing them has to pay for it. This, this is what licensing fees are and residual fees and so forth. I thought that I was using a clean copy of my own album, but I was using a coded copy. And I guess the record company reached out to iTunes, not knowing it was me, just automatically they have like a a robot that, you know, a computer that tracks this. And they just said like, this is copyrighted. Don't take this episode off. Mm -hmm. And unlike YouTube, where you get like a notification, like, hey, you've used copyrighted material. iTunes just takes the entire thing off. You had no idea. So at some point, I... And by I, I mean JB, <laughs> is going to have to go through and chop off all of those introductory clips so, so that, that we can, can restore be, yeah. those. Because some of those episodes were really good. We had I some mean, of Bianca. our best guests. Well, right. So what we've done today is we've taken some of my favorite interviews from those episodes, including interviews with Bianca Del Rio, Wilson Cruz, and our friend Scott Hernandez when he was on the show. Um, and we're going to play a little bit for you towards the end of the show just so people can hear them. Yes. You know, for years, I was like, why aren't these episodes getting any hits? Right. Like, why isn't Bianca Del Rio the most yeah. popular episode ever? And then I realized it's not available. And the ass audience has grown so much since yeah. the show started. So there's, totally. a, there's a whole new audience of people that haven't listened so, but first we're going to go through a lot of, uh, as I said, old, but yet still interesting, yes. important news. And the first one, <clears throat> this came out August 29th. There was a massive study. They studied 470,000 people. Um, and they were looking for whether or not there was such a thing as a gay gene. Mm-hmm. Not gay genes. I love gay jeans. What would you consider to be gay jeans? Um, when I went to Israel when I was uh, for my bar mitzvah when I was 13, I went to this store called Castro, and it was the first time I ever I think you've talked about this. I have. Here. I'm very passionate about it. Tight, tight, like light wash jeans, like skinny jeans. Those, to me, were gay jeans. I was like, I want those. But here in the United States, if I wanted to buy really gay jeans, like what brand would you recommend? Um, I guess like probably... Is it still Diesel? I feel like Diesel's kind of over. I mean, True Religion was was kind of the gay gene, I think, for a while. Was it really? Yeah. Oh. With all like the patchwork stuff on the back, all the embroidery. You know, I love that. Um. Um. God, what was it? Um. 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 um, um. Well, you think about that. In any case, the study (laughs) found that there isn't a single gay gene, but there are a number of genes that are connected to having same-sex attraction. Um, they, these, they're basically genetic variations. They can't predict whether a person is gay, but a lot of gay people have them. It, it's not really that shocking or groundbreaking a discovery. It, it basically, they discovered that there is a genetic component to being gay, but your genes don't explain it all. And two people might have the same gay gene and only one of them be gay. So they still think that their that environment plays some effect that there are other biological components that happen in the womb um but for instance in the past they discovered that left-handed men like myself are more likely to be gay interesting um having a number of brothers and being uh toward the end of the birth order being the youngest 
is a predictor for being gay. So th- th- these are clearly genetic factors. Identical twins are far more likely to, sh- to have the same sexual orientation than fraternal twins. Um, but basically, this is just the uh, more science behind the, the, the notion that we don't choose this. Right. Now, I had some people on the Adam Sank Show Facebook page saying, who cares? Why is this important? I care. Yeah. I want to know why I am the way I am. If for, I, in every way. Of course. I want to know why my penis isn't bigger. I want to know why I'm not more coordinated. Well, some things are better left. <laughs> I want to know why I produce more estrogen than normal people. You produce more estrogen? Yeah. How do you know this? Because compared to, I, I compare myself to a lot of my guy friends and males in my family, and they're your average alpha male type people, and I'm, I'm not... But you don't. Not you've never all. had your estrogen levels tested. You were just. You're just saying you act. No, but my mother has. Really? She, no, she's told me that you you you've been a little bitch and you have more estrogen people. I was like, okay, that's okay. not nice. First uh, of all, there's nothing wrong with you know having feminine traits. No. Uh, but second of all, <clears throat> I think that's probably just because you're gay. Yeah. I mean, we're all a little queeny. I want to know why my nipples are small. Do you <laughs> wish they were bigger? Yeah. I mean, these are all genetic questions. I want to know um, why I don't have blue or green eyes. I want to know why. <laughs> I want to know why. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything more interesting to pull out of this study. It really it was on the front page of the New York Times. Um, let's see. Environmental factors. Uh, yeah. Okay. Enough with that story. <laughs> Thank you, next. The FDA has released a warning telling people to stop drinking bleach because it doesn't cure HIV. Oh, God. Really? Now, this isn't that people are literally taking a bottle of bleach and drinking it. <laughs> mm, that's good. <laughs> it's these, these um, products are being marketed, these like, so-called miracle cures. One of them is called MMS, which is Miracle Mineral Solution or Master Mineral Solution. Um, and they're being marketed by, you know, uh, unscrupulous people as being uh, treatments and cures for everything from cancer to diabetes to Lyme disease to HIV. And the main ingredient is essentially bleach. It's uh, it's something called chlorine dioxide. Ugh. And people are buying this and drinking it, and it can seriously harm or kill you. Where do they buy it? You buy it on... <laughs> on- <laughs> mm. <laughs> you this buy it online good. Uh, there's a guy named Jim Humble the founder of the Genesis 2 Church of Health and Healing so you know he's legit yep. he doesn't sell this shit directly but he does provide links to retailers where MMS can be purchased online and provides information on how to make the solution at home he has a blog where he claims that it's proven to restore partial or full health to hundreds of thousands of people suffering from disease. Um, Earlier this year, another man, Louis Daniel Smith, was sentenced to 51 months in jail for selling industrial bleach as a miracle cure. So the bottom line is um, bleach is not good for you. It does not cure anything. It kills you. It kills you. And don't take anything for a medical, a serious medical issue that you can buy off the internet. That your doctor... That your doctor has not prescribed and told you where to get it. Like, like this sounds like a mass suicide or a homicide. Anything that's that's branded as a miracle cure, um, 
Yeah. I would be worried. There's no miracle cure. And by the way, there is wonderful treatment for HIV available. Uh, some, some of us have been HIV positive for almost 20 years or longer. I take one pill a day. I'm healthy. I never have to drink bleach. Wonder of wonder, miracle of miracles. Yeah. I drink the bleach and now I'm cured. You are in a Broadway mood today, Ryan yeah, Frost. I am. Um, I do like bleach. I like the sure. smell of bleach and I love to clean with it. But uh, You like it on your denim. But yes, I like to bleach my denim. I like to bleach my hole. <laughs> sure. But not with bleach. Right. Don't pour bleach on your hole either, guys. That's not how it works. Go to see a so licensed that's why it's burning esthetician. <laughs> Poor Ryan. Damn. Meanwhile, California is on track to be the first state that will provide prep without a prescription. Uh, Hallelujah. There's a state senator out there named Scott Weiner. <laughs> <laughs> He's leading a push to make prep and pep available over the counter without a prescription the move would vastly increase the availability uh you know there's so many fucking drugs that should be over the counter that aren't it's such a scam right they want you to have to get a prescription because a yet then you have to see your doctor so there's money to just to visit your doctor costs money and then they can also jack up the cost of prescription drugs way more than non-prescription there's a gel that I love called clindamycin. Mm -hmm. It's basically just an antibiotic gel. I use it whenever I have an ingrown hair yeah. or a really a bad zit. I sometimes get these like zits behind my earlobes mm -hmm. that are really painful and clindamycin takes care of them. I have to get a fucking prescription to buy this. What am I going to do with it? Right. What, what, am I going to drink it? Like bleach? Snort it? <laughs> am I going to use too much of it? It's literally just like strong neosporin. And it costs $17. That's my copay. It costs the insurance company even more than that. Wow. And it's a fucking prescription gel. PrEP could save so many people from becoming HIV positive. And they say like, oh, well, but you need a doctor to test you and you need a doctor to tell you how to. Fine. But like there's plenty of people that get PrEP through their doctor and they still don't follow instructions. People are fucking idiots. Right. Well, because there's more money and oh, treating disease than curing it. That's right. Wiener himself uh, says that he uses PrEP as an HIV prevention strategy. So when he uses his wiener <laughs> and his ass, he takes PrEP. Um, the California Medical Association is not on board with this, planned, with this plan. They say PrEP should not be included in this bill due to uh, the, the need for checkups and screenings. I say... Make it over the counter. Make most drugs over the. The only thing that shouldn't be over the counter is like OxyContin. Yeah. And other um, codeines. Co yeah. What do you call it? The op other opioids, opioids. Mm -hmm. that are very easily addictive, addictive and that people are dying from every single day. Everything else should be over the counter. Yeah. You know, I found out that those opioids they only just give to white people. Like there are times I went through surgery, I only got IV fuck, IV IV fucking profit. I do not approve. Really? Yeah. Like I had you think tonsil that because surgery. you're black, they're not giving you the same? Personally, yes. I had tonsil surgery, and they only gave me ibuprofen, but they have people who, your skin complexion, go, go in for headaches, and then give them oxys. That's interesting. Do you think yeah. it, it wasn't even ibuprofen with codeine? No. It was straight ibuprofen, 600 Like milligrams. Advil. Yeah. Like, That's bullshit. <laughs> yes. Well, did you ask for it? I did. And they would not give and it to me. they said, I'm they sorry, like, you're black. Strong. There's like, it's too strong for what you have. So maybe it's that they the, the racism is in that they just assume that a black person's going to abuse the pills. That's Meanwhile, it's probably. white people that are overdosing from opioids yeah. all over the country. That's fucked up, JB. 
That's fucked up. Racism sucks, man. Oh, yeah. Yep. Well, that I don't know if you knew we were doing this story next, JB, but it's a perfect introduction. So there's an old Navy store in Philadelphia, and Queer Eye, the new Queer Eye on Netflix, was coming to film an episode in the old Navy store. I guess they were taking their subject on a shopping spree through old Navy. Every employee at this particular old Navy is a person of color. But they claim that they were hidden from view during the episode shooting. They were basically kept in the back of the store off camera and they bust in a bunch of white Old Navy employees from other stores to be on the episode. Wow. One of the employees, Monet Alvarado, has worked in the store for over a year. She took to Facebook writing, so they were filming Queer Eye, parentheses, not queer as folk, I don't know how you would get the two confused. Okay. In Center City, Philadelphia, and my job is nothing. My job, excuse me, and at my job is nothing but people of color. Most of us did an overnight to help make the store look beautiful. Today, they brought all these workers from other stores around the region, Westchester, Mount Pocono, and Deptford, and they were all white. They had. They had us standing in the back, not to be seen, while the other workers from another store get to work on our floor like it's their store. The shade, I tell you. That is really, really weird. Shade. Especially like a show like that. Um, Which is supposed to be all about inclusion. Yeah. And like there are, you know, I mean, I don't know how much, how much the, the, um, like the cast has a, a say, but I mean, Karamo would not allow that. If he knew that was happening, he would... I doubt the cast has the same much. It's this, that, that kind of call is a producer's call. Yeah, when you're in the cast, yeah, you have no you idea. Think, you just show up and do what you're told. Don't you think they're, like, producers now? Like, don't you think they're, like... It, when you're an... Ex- like, let's say you're the star of a show and you mm-hmm. get, like, a producer credit or an executive producer credit. That's a vanity credit. Mm-hmm. That's something your agent negotiates so that you can get more money. Yeah, you're yeah. not actually involved. Uh, yeah. Most of the time. And especially a show like this... I, I would bet you that that JB's right, and they just kind of they don't they don't know what's going on. They show up, they see these white people, and they're like, "Oh, these white people must work here." How would you know? How would they know? Yeah. But the anyway, only oh, times I think they would know is if the if the actors would literally walk on the set through the store without any parental guards. By doubt, they would go anywhere without any supervision because producers won't keep it high. But it's like, but like this is net, it's a Netflix show. It's like it's a pretty like progressive television show. Like I don't understand how someone on that on on that show would would allow that well netflix put out this statement excuse me i'm sorry not netflix old navy put out this statement at old navy we celebrate the diversity of our teams and our customers and foster an environment of inclusion and belonging we were proud to work with the queer eye show to film at our store in philadelphia and to feature our local store manager on camera we also worked with additional employees in the area to help ensure that the store ran seamlessly for customers as the location was open for business during filming. Hashtag whitewashing. And we expect they may appear in background shots. These individuals are reflective of our diverse employee population. We would never select employees to participate or not based on race. 
this is completely inaccurate and against the values we stand for as a company. But I think if you, the proof is in the episode. Yeah. If we watch the episode and there's no black no, people working yeah. in the store, then everything that uh, uh, Monet was saying has to be true. So is this an Old Navy thing? Like, or did Netflix, I mean, how? Who knows? I'm going to say a little bit of both. It could very well have been Old Navy. Mm-hmm. Old Navy could have been like, listen. This is you, it. Because you know how it is. We've done these corporate gigs yeah, with yeah. the chorus. When we're not calling the shots, it's the corporation that's calling the shots and they set up the shoot and they decide who from that store is going to. But Netflix. Well, Netflix and Queer Eye also deny allegations of onset segregation. But like I said, I think the proof is going to be in the pudding. But Netflix is the client in this situation. Like Netflix is the they're the ones that are really calling the shot. But Old Navy's the corporate sponsor. Mm. Old Navy. Netflix only negotiate their location. Old Navy provides the workers who's there. what it sounds like to me, it just sounds like whitewashing. Like all the black people do all the hard work while the white while the white folks just sit up there, do yeah. nothing with their fucking lives, and it's pretty pathetic. Yeah. Well, I think this employee Monet Alvarado is really brave to yes. do what she did. She could totally get fired. Absolutely. Um, if they fire her, that's even more. Well, yeah, oh, yeah. Then she has a lot. So she's got a lot of power. She's totally safe right now. Yeah. Well, except she probably it's probably against company policy to to post anything on your social media about the company. Like, yeah. In any job. But but yeah, if they fire her, then it becomes a bigger brouhaha. Brouhaha. So we shall see. Meanwhile. Hashtag whitewashing. Hashtag, hashtag whitewashing. whitewashing. Meanwhile, in Fairfield, Connecticut. Oh my God. This is near where I grew up. A group of people were arrested for allegedly having group sex. But there's a twist in this story, Ryan. A twist? Every one of them was over the age of 60. Hot. Over the years, come on. Among those arrested was an 82-year-old man and his 85-year-old wife. She was the only woman in the group. Wow. The rest of them ranged in age between 62 and 85. Police say the Grace Richardson Conservation Area had been publicized online as a place for folks to meet up to have sex. Uh, This is according to something called the City Hookup Guide. (laughs) That's the 85-year-old woman. Special, <laughs> the police special services unit worked to set up surveillance to catch people in the act, and they spotted violations of sexual and lewd activities from the six seniors. Uh, this article lists their names. I will not do so. Um, they face multiple charges from public indecency to the breach of peace, to a breach of peace. Yes, JB. Okay, so I saw this story Wednesday that just passed on the news. And when you watch it on the news, they showed you all the pictures of the guys, except for the woman. They blocked out the woman. I'm just like, you know, if these guys were just having sex with each other, they pull out their whole information. And if this was like a gay thing, it's it's wrong to do that and even post about the women. This is still sex shaming. I, I don't approve. Well, it's very strange that you would have one, two, three, four, five men and one woman having sex together. She knows what she wants. Especially when the woman's 85. And I'm just pulling this out of the air, JB, but maybe they blurred her face because maybe she's not fully competent. Well, no, it, it was it was a great picture and just her name under it. Oh, but, oh, you know what? That means they didn't have a picture of her. Oh. Usually when that happens, that means that they literally couldn't find a picture in time for publication. Oh, yeah. trust but, me. But what were the other guys doing? Like, were they just jerking off and watching while the guy fucked his wife? Yeah. And who wants to watch an 82-year-old and an 85-year-old fuck? No offense to my parents. I don't. However, I do support and encourage 
senior citizen sex. Like, I love when I hear that old people <laughs> are still fucking, like, when a couple has been together for, like, 30, 40, 50 years, and they're still getting it on. No, that's wonderful. It's amazing. That's However, wonderful. <laughs> it's just unusual that you would think of old people having group sex, period, and especially in a park, and especially with only one woman and all these dudes. It's so, really exciting. It's exciting. What a time to be alive. <laughs> I think we should plan a road trip to Fairfield. I love Fairfield. It's a very cute town. You grew up near there, right? Mm-hmm. Did you ever witness any elderly group sex happening? Oh, yeah, all the time. It's no big. <laughs> Meanwhile, in Pennsylvania, a Catholic priest is in trouble, but not for the reasons you would expect. Uh, he did not fuck any children. That's the good oh, news. Thank God. <laughs> but he did allegedly steal almost $100,000 from his church to pay for a lavish beach house. A Grinder X subscription and the expenses of several of his boyfriends. His name is Joseph McClune of St. Joseph Catholic Church in Downingtown, Pennsylvania. This was a year-long investigation. They began investigating him. He had been with the church since 2010. The archdiocese was also conducting its own internal investigation. He essentially is accused of diverting parishioner donations, you know, when they pass, pass around the collection plate, into this account uh, that he used for all of these things. I didn't even know about this Grinder Extra account. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they just started doing it a couple of months ago. Yeah. How much does it. that cost? There's probably, it's expensive, There's actually. probably different, like, you like know, how much, JB? I'll look at it right now. Probably, sure. like, fourteen ninety-nine. uh a month or something like nine ninety nine a month and then twenty for. This. Well, it sounds like if you were one of his boyfriends, you had some fun. There was a lavish beach house. He was Love paying house. everything, you know, all of their expenses. Yeah. And, uh, okay, for one month is nineteen is nine is twenty dollars a month. Three months. Yeah, it's like it's if you if you commit to more, if you pay, if you do like an month. annual membership, it's probably a little bit less. And but. a year six six ninety nine. Do you have Grinder Extra? No, I don't. Why? Why am I paying? Why am I paying extra for an app that barely gets me dick? <laughs> T. I agree. What does it get you? What are the, Nothing. I mean, well, what know. is it supposed to get you? More, 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 more guys. More, yeah, more profiles, more photos. This, this, that, and the other. Whatever. Well, <clears throat> I say, bravo to him for fucking adults, but also like, and not children. Yes, definitely <laughs> that. But also like. I don't. I just don't understand. Also, he's not that hot. If he was hot, this would be a complete. It'd be a great story. It would be like the gay thorn birds. I just feel like it's so funny that people just think they can get away with these things. Like I know, and a lot of people do. But most people get caught. Last week about that guy with the pool boy. Oh yeah, but Jerry Falwell Jr. He's he's ugly too, but he got fucking money. I'm so bad. Fuck all these people. JB is still bitter about that story. (laughs) Well, speaking of grinder. Queer T says gay men are being scammed on sites like uh, on, on apps like Grindr and Instagram. This is a very strange scam. Hmm. Um, what happens is a man c- claiming to be a representative of Falcon Porn Studio, mm-hmm. which I didn't even know Falcon was still around. Um, they're offering like, let's say you're on Instagram, Ryan, and someone reaches out to you and says, hey, I'm from Falcon. And I'm going to offer you. Between twenty five hundred and three thousand dollars to appear in a Falcon video, the only catch is you have to first pay three hundred and fifty between three hundred fifty dollars and a thousand dollars as a contract fee to this other company, this third party, in order to secure your performance slot. Oh my god! People are actually falling for this. It's so sad because I like everything you just said. I'm like, 
red flag, red flag. Like, I would never do that. But there are people that are ignorant. I mean, if you want to do porn, just take out your iPhone. Yes. And start a Just for Fans account, and you can rake in the money yourself. Why do we even need Falcon Video? Yeah, like at if this, this point? was 2010, maybe I could understand because that was sort of before OnlyFans and Just for Fans. But it's like now, it's like those big studios, they're kind of irrelevant. Like you said, like you're surprised they're still mm-hmm. around because, you know. Who buys them? I think just old people. Yeah. But, loyal. But also, um, any. Anything that that tells you like we are going to pay you something, but first but you have first to pay this, pay, uh, yeah. is a scam. It doesn't matter whether it's porn. In comedy, I remember when I when I started out in stand up, there were always these shady guys who were like, "Oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to be your agent, but mm-hmm. first you have to this pay this agent mm-hmm. agency fee." And I was always like, "Fuck you! Yeah. I'm not paying you anything." Um, meanwhile, Falcon Studios has nothing to do with this. The president of Falcon, Tim Valenti, says. We feel for anyone who's been scammed out of money to appear in our movies and hope we can raise awareness about this so nobody else is deceived or exploited. Most gay adult studios encourage interested guys to apply for shoots via their official websites. Mm -hmm. So if someone hits you up trying to recruit you for a a studio, um, get screenshots and report it to your local police. I'm sure sure in New York the police are really going to jump right on this. Um, I mean, the police in New York could be falcon uh we've talked about stars. that they're fucking, so fucking hot. hot i saw a construction worker on my way over here that was one of the most beautiful men i've ever seen it is so absurd anyway here's a uh my favorite story from the past month this came out august 20th um it, it's it's a mystery about a gay wedding that happened in 1957 somewhere in philadelphia In 1957, a man dropped off a roll of film to be developed, but never picked up the pictures. Someone came across the pictures at an estate sale, and they were clearly pictures of two men getting married. I'm showing you guys the pictures. In the 1950s, and no one knows who they were. No one recognizes anyone who's in any of the pictures. And so now a documentary is being made. Um, It's actually a reality show called The Mystery of the 1957 Gay Wedding Photos. It doesn't yet have a a platform, but it's being produced uh, by the same company that produces Big Brother and The Biggest Loser. So it should definitely see the light of of day. It's it's called The Mystery of the 1957 Gay Wedding. It's a little busy. Uh, the producer says it's a passion project. We are turning over every stone, interviewing dozens of people in Philadelphia and far beyond and consulting with investigators, historians and experts across many fields. So the photos were acquired by a collector a few years back who then um, who bought them at an online auction. He realized the significance and donated them to an archive at USC, uh, University of Southern California. The couple in the pictures appear to be in their 20s or 30s, so they would be in their 80s or 90s if they're still alive today. Um, they're dressed in dark suits with flowers in their lapels. The celebration takes place in a, what looks like a modest home with all the blinds drawn. Mm. It features a, a ceremony officiated by someone who appears to be a member of the clergy. The grooms are shown kissing, cutting their wedding cake, and opening presents. It's so sweet, and it's, it's really so sad cool. that they never picked up the pictures. No. And there's some speculation that maybe the person who developed the pictures like was infuriated or appalled and just like threw them away or yeah. wouldn't give them back. Um, but um, 
Look at this one. Look at this picture of the two of them. They're so cute. Adorable. I really think it's it's a beautiful story, and I'm glad that they're getting um, doing this show. However, <laughs> the title needs some work. <laughs> it's a little too on the nose. But what if they die? It's very possible that they're dead. But, totally. But, you know, the hope is that some niece, some nephew, right. some friend will recognize it and say, oh, I know who that is, and I'm going to tell you this story. There's something else very similar happening right now. There was a, 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 a film, an actual moving film, uh, black and white, no sound, from the late 40s, early 50s was discovered showing a gay party, like an outdoor party with lots of gay men really? swimming in a pool and frolicking. And, and same thing, no one knows who they are or anything about it. Oh my God. And that's being made into a documentary film, and I've been in touch with the filmmakers. We're going to try to get them Ooh, on the show. That would be so great. Here's a rare sports story. Sports? There's a very hot... African-American football player named Ryan uh, Russell, 27-year-old yeah. NFL free agent, which means he's currently not with any team, but he could be drafted at any time. He did play with the Dallas, Cowboy the Dallas Cowboys, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Buffalo Bills, and he has recently made an announcement. Take a listen. You don't have it? Here's Ryan Russell. Necessarily as I'm a talented football player. A damn good writer, a loving son, a caring friend, and a bisexual man. You're 27, and you spent your whole life up until this point keeping a part of yourself secret from the world. What was that like? It's tough. I've always kind of been grateful for being bisexual, honestly, because I know just a lot of young gay men who kind of can't date women and can't use a relationship with a woman necessarily as a way to throw off other people from knowing that they're gay or knowing that they identify a different way. So I, I know that I, I had it easier than most. I know also with having a best friend that knew and a family that when I did come out was supportive. Russell becomes the first out bisexual man to play in the NFL. So cool. He decided to come out after the death of his dear friend and college roommate, Joe Gilliam. Russell regularly visited him in the hospital when Gilliam had cancer and Gilliam ended up soothing Russell after Russell had a rocky breakup with a boyfriend. He delivered a eulogy at Gilliam's funeral. And having seen how short life can be, he told ESPN that it was time for him to come out. So good for him. Yeah. And especially when he's between teams right now, you yeah. would think that this would be a, a riskier time to come out. But I wonder if people like on, in his camp were sort of like, don't do this. Don't do this. Right. Um, but it's great for like the bisexual community because bisexuality is real I, and I, hot. So hot. JB likes the story. I'm assuming. You know, I love me and my bisexuals, but you know, after my last tussle, I'm kind of over them. Yeah. Kind of. I. Yeah. I secretly. I mean, I love being a gay man, but like, I, I think I'm such a whore that. I secretly wish I was bisexual because I like love sex and I'd love double to your pleasure. Yeah, double your course. I mean, I, I like the idea. I like the idea of there not being labels and us all being very fluid, but I know what I like. I mean, I did have a bisexual summer. Oh, did you? Yes. The summer of my coming out where I was literally dating and sleeping with men and women at the same time. How was and that for you? It was fine. Except that the 
sex with the men was so much hotter that I realized that I wasn't really bisexual. Sure. And that was how that story ended. But good for him. Yes. Congratulations and thank you Mazel. to Ryan Welcome. Russell. And I uh, encourage you to Google him because he is quite tasty. Yeah. All right. Uh, this brings us to our LGBTQ Pride Roundup. Hit it, Ann Steele. As I said last week, September's very slow for Pride. It's back to school time. Um, but tomorrow, September 8th, is Oakland Pride in Oakland, California. And then there isn't any other Pride celebration until the end of September. September 28th is Mid-South Pride in Memphis, Tennessee. And also, North Carolina Pride in Raleigh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. I guess North Carolina only has one pri- Pride for the whole state? That can't be right. Well, there is one Pride date in September that's not listed on here. And what's that? September 9th. Oh, that's Ryan Frosty Pride, Pride Day. Day. Yeah, happy birthday, Ryan. Thank happy you. birthday, homosexual. Yeah, you, and, you, and you, this you. show airs uh, on the 7th. Okay. So um, basically, it's your birthday. It's my birthday. It's your birthday. Oh it's your birthday. It's your birthday. 28 and feeling great. All right, yes, everyone. It's like time. Yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> it's time now for the Lost Ass Tapes. Ooh. And I thought we would start with the very first thing listeners ever heard. On the very first episode, the pilot episode of The Ass, way back on April 15th, 2017. Wow. And um, a little background on this. I, Ryan, whenever I would do the Derek and Romaine show, I would do this character. I would do the ghost of Maya Angelou. Right, right, right. Um, and uh, for some reason, the listeners loved it. And I used to just do it. It was like my thing. So mm-hmm. I decided to start the first episode after the comedy clip, which we're not going to play, uh, as Maya Angelou. And my original co-host, ADD Jeff, is on this episode. ADD Jeff, I never asked him to be my co-host. He just appeared. He just one showed day. up the first day. I think Derek and Romaine asked him to help out with phone calls and the webcam, which no longer exists for this show. Yeah. And um, he just, you know, was there every week, so he kind of became my co-host. And I love Jeff, and he's really funny. But it just didn't quite work. Yeah, it was pre-Frost Pig days. It was pre-Frost Pig. You know, Jeff, um, if the first rule of improv is yes and, mm-hmm. Jeff's default position is no but. Mm-hmm. And you'll, you'll hear that almost immediately from the very fir- beginning of the first episode. So here's what it sounded like the very first ass, April 15th, 2017. Greetings, Derek and Romaine listeners. It is I, the ghost of... Novelist, humanitarian, poetess, and most importantly, friend of Oprah, Dr. Maya Angelou. As you know, I rarely make earthly appearances, but there is something today happening that is so monumental, so much greater than the Mastodon, that I felt the need to come down to earth and announce it. It is not the impeachment of Donald Trump. That doesn't happen for another six months. P.S. It's happening. I see all. No, it is the premiere radio broadcast of alleged comedian Adam Sank. And so please, welcome to the airwaves now, that loudmouthed homo himself, Mr. Adam Sank. Oh, my God. Thank you, Dr. Maya Angelou. Yes, it is I, Adam Sank, coming to you live from the Derek and Romaine studios here in Times Square. I am so friggin' excited. It only took how many years have I been doing Derek and Romaine show? Probably about 15 years. I've lost count. Um, But finally, they let me uh, have the microphone all to myself. 
Uh, Derek and Romaine are not in the studio today. However, they clearly were terrified to leave me on my own. So we have a full house. We have Katie Kate Kate uh, at the board and producing the show. We have ADD Jeff, uh, who for some reason is naked. I, I don't understand why that happened. And I'm he's, not naked. He's naked. Well, they don't have to know that, Jeff. It's radio. They all see me on the camera. Oh, fuck you. See, you're already bombing my show. Don't speak, Jeff. Jeff is working the phones and killing my jokes. And uh, we also have a, a, a lovely intern uh, named Orlando, who the listeners are probably familiar with by now. Um, and we have you guys. We have your phone calls. Please call me at 844-TALK-DNR. That's 844-825-5367. Um, we are going to be talking about a lot of things today. Also, uh, my special guest, Gerald McCulloch, fabulous, hot, out, gay director and actor. Gerald McCulloch, you might know him from C- CSI, from Bear City, from the movie Daddy. He has a brand new documentary about male strippers that actually just started streaming today. I have seen it. It is full frontal. It is awesome. We will talk to him about what it was like making that documentary, uh, which I have a feeling was a labor of love for him. And we also have a mystery guest at the end of today's broadcast. A mystery guest will join us. And uh, I'm not going to say who it is, but it's very exciting. And uh, and those so I'll give a clue. This is how it's going to work. I'll give a clue later in the show as to the identity of the mystery guest. And the first caller who picks up on the clue and guesses correctly will win a CD, a signed autograph CD of Adam Sank live from the Stonewall Inn. You can see that as either a prize or a punishment, depending on uh, on how you feel about my stand up comedy. Oh, thank you. Clearly, the masses are excited and also a prize to the very first phone caller to the Adam Sank Show, because this is historic, whoever this phone caller is, and I believe someone is on the line. Is that right, Jeff? Yes, Adam, we have Karen. Hello? Karen, you say what? What? <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. You're our first caller want... ever, Karen. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure you knew somebody was listening, and also to know <laughs> that it's not going over the podcast. I have to go through the app. What, what, what? It's not going over the podcast. I have to go through the um, website. Katie, explain that. Uh, what the no, fuck's happening? No, that would be something I explain. All right, explain uh, what's going on. It, it wasn't in the first two minutes of the 10-minute intro, but it should be starting up in the podcast app now. God damn it. Awesome. I just wanted you guys to know, so well, thank I'm you for... very excited, and congratulations. Thank you, Lovey. Where are you calling from? Boston. And uh, were you on the Love Cruise? Have I met you? No. But you're a fan I'm of Derek. I'm a single mom. I can't do that. Aw, you poor thing. I can't thing. afford it. How old's your How old's your kid? He's 16. Oh, nice. You still breastfeeding? Oh. <laughs> Whatever Aww. happened to Karen from Boston? Karen, are you listening? I mean, we never heard from her again. And uh, your son? Yeah, the 16 year old who would now well, be now he's 18. 18. Yeah, great. Um, yeah, I should mention that JB was not here at the beginning. Uh, mm-hmm. He first joined us in episode six. Ooh. Yeah. So he's been here for almost the beginning. But we had Orlando, who was... Did you ever meet Orlando? Uh, I met him at the Ali Forney Center, not in the DNR. He was area. really cute. He had a great accent. Did she I meet shady, him? Shady as fuck. Oh, he Ooh. was shady? She was so shady. How she so? had a mouth on her. Ooh, really? And I didn't know how to respect her elders. Ooh. But it's okay. Okay. Wow. All right. I love how... <laughs> I love how in the first episode we had like a crew of like 10 people. Oh, yeah. And now we have to like fight just to have JB here. (laughs) There were so many people in the studio. Um, In that tiny ass studio. That was so fucking hot. Oh, my God. So um, 
so the mystery guest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, you guys both know who it is. The clue I was supposed to give was going to be eyelashes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. But, if, of course, I forgot. I was very nervous the first episode, and I fucked up a lot. So I never gave any clues. But Bianca joined us after we had a great interview with Gerald McCulloch, who I need to get back on the show. Um, and Bianca joined us for, like, the last 15 minutes via telephone. It was very exciting. I know Bianca, but yes. she was doing me a huge favor to come on our pilot episode. So here, and by the way, the first part of this is grossly overmodulated, and then eventually it gets fixed. So just bear with us. At first, when you hear Bianca, it's going to kind of hurt your ears, but it does get better. So here's Bianca Del Rio from that same episode, April 15th, 2017. Take a listen. Uh, one of the things I forgot to do was give you guys the clue to our mystery guest. So there's no time for anyone to call in and guess, but the clue would have been eyelashes. The clue to our mystery guest is eyelashes. And joining me on the phone now, we're not going to tell you who it is yet, is our mystery guest. Mystery guest, say hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. Let's see if we can figure out who you are. Um, oh. Are you uh, are you male or female? Uh, a man, yeah. I mean, if you, if you could define a man is a man's a big word. I would say more clown related. You're a man clown. <laughs> yeah, a man clown, yeah. Are you a top or a bottom? Wow. Well, I'm a top, yeah. Of my game and in a sexual situation. Have you ever won RuPaul's Drag Race? Yes, I did. And sadly, if you've seen this season, I should win again. Oh, it's some looks on it, isn't it? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Bianca Del Rio is joining the Adam Sank Show. Come on. How's it going? I am so excited that, uh, that you have joined my premiere show. And Bianca, I know that you uh, tour literally all over the world in some of the most incredible places. So what exotic locale are you calling us from today? <laughs> You're going to laugh at this, but I'm actually in a car leaving Los Angeles headed to Anaheim. Oh That's my the God. exciting trip of the day. So you caught me on a good one. But no, I mean, I make jokes about Drag Race so much, but honestly, truly, without this television show, I wouldn't be able to get to do all this amazing shit. So it, it opened a lot, of, a lot of doors that I didn't imagine possible. You know, so, so it, it kudos to the show and the magic of everybody that gets to watch it. It's, it's insane. Girl, so you I get to go to... Amsterdam and, and, and London and, wow. and Anaheim. <laughs> You're fucking so, so busy. I looked at your website, uh, which is thebiancario.com. The amount yeah. of gigs that you're doing, and and you were let's you know let's be honest, you were busy before Drag Race. You were a, 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 yes. a very successful working drag queen. But since the show, I mean, what are you on on stage like three hundred nights a year now? Well, it's been pretty great. Uh, what's happening with it now is, you know, with the first spell after winning the show, I, I did a lot of bars. Uh, I did a lot of rounds with the bars. And then from there, I wanted to create my own show, which obviously gave me an opportunity to work in theaters, which is what I've always wanted to do. So after like 21 years of drag itself, you finally get this golden ticket to perform in, in, in a space that has proper lighting and has sound system. And you know how that is. So you're like, yay, this is unreal. So that's what's been great about it. And now, you know, with each year, I've been able to get a little more selective with, you know, a tour so I can do 29 cities in a chunk, which is pretty amazing. And, and I like to do them back to back. So that's great. So we did 29 in the U.S. already. And then we, we started in Australia, actually, last year at this time. And then 29 in the U.S. And then I did 14 in the U.K. And now I'm finishing out my last 15 in the U.S. before I start a new one. So it, it's just been kind of unreal. I say yes to everything. You know, this is like a, a golden ticket. And, you know, it's like 21 years in the making. So I think if I would have been 
you know, 19 years old, I probably wouldn't have appreciated as much. But when you're 42, you kind of go, thank God, you know, what a, what a great gig to get, you know? Yeah, I, I can only imagine. Uh, you know, I recently was put into drag for the first time. Um, and how'd that feel? Like really good drag by by a professional artist. Um, oh. I, I didn't mind the drag, although I looked like an old Jewish woman yeah, from Boca Raton. I, I, uh, <laughs> I want to kiss you. That never stopped me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I really, I didn't, I didn't think I looked so good. My name was uh, Shatanya Face. That's a good one. Yes, but, there's a lot of Shatanyas. Yeah. But Bianca, getting that makeup off was such a it's fucking nightmare. ordeal that I have to wonder, like, don't, do you ever just say, like, not today, Satan? Like, I'm not fucking putting uh, all yeah, this yeah. shit on my face. Well, no, sadly, but it gets to this point. I mean, if you've seen my face, I don't blend. It's just basically line, line, lash, lash. And the best thing, though, to get it off is I found is coconut oil and also you know if you run a loop there's coconut oil again so it all works really good it's a pretty <laughs> nice band. your eye gets crusted shut either with mascara or cum you can just go ahead and use your coconut oil and it works the best i mean i but had it, cum on my face that night and it did not take yeah. the makeup off at all you oh, see geez. that's the problem you got you got to put the cum before you put the makeup and that actually gives you a better layer i don't even like, know coconut oil was. really does work try it and but, it's cheap uh, but at this point, so, so I mean, you've been doing this for so long. How long does it take you to beat your face? Oh, to get ready? Oh, well, I can get ready like in an hour, you know. But, I mean, if I'm doing like a photo shoot or something, well, now we're not with Facetune and, and filters. It, you know, I really don't have to do much. But with, uh, with getting ready, I like about an hour, you know, depending on what it is. Like right now I'm going to Anaheim, so I'll have two hours because I have to set up everything in the new space. You know, your lights and your ships and your stuff. And I don't like to rush it. And um, and then I have a meet and greet at like 6 p.m. And then I do, I have like an hour of a meet and greet. And then I do an hour in between the show just to kind of review all my bullshit and try to remember it. And then I do the show at 8 o'clock. So, you know, after working in nightlife for so many years, doing something so early in the evening is like amazing. So you're out of the theater by, by midnight, which is a dream. You know, where my nights usually began in New York or midnight or one o'clock in the morning. Right. But do you enjoy the meet and greet? Because I find that shit exhausting. I don't even like, you know, when people come up to me after a comedy show and they're like, I want to talk to you. You're so funny. Like, I just want to disappear. Well, come on. That happened to you twice. I rarely <laughs> happen. <laughs> I mean, it, in my uh, dreams, uh, it happens all the time. But I'm sure. Uh, no, I think what the weird thing about it is, and I know this is going to sound so fucking sappy, but, but what's been interesting that I've learned through the process is that even if you are, having that shitty day. What's kind of amazing is that you've got 100 to 150 people that paid extra to want to meet you. Majority are just wanting to get a photo, but I usually do the, the meet and greet before the show, so they're not too drunk yet, and they're still kind of scared of me. So you don't get into the, oh, you know, my mother died, I need a picture, I need a video kind of a moment. <laughs> my mother died. Well, they love to tell you that. It's really, you know, like when, when you're not giving them the right amount of attention, somebody dies. And, you know, with me, I can't help but say, well, that person died just to get the fuck away from you. They probably didn't have a disease. They just didn't want to deal with this tired ass. But in the moment, it's kind of nice because you do the meet and greet before, so they're still kind of scared of you, you know, physically and, and you know, my face alone. Uh, and you settle into it. So people kind of, you get, and you also get to meet what's great, too, is that it's like your first ten rows of the audience. So you find out who's there before the show starts. So even if the whole room hates you, you know those 10 people are on your side because you took the time to actually schmooze with them before. And it's kind of fun. Some, you know, some people are really great. And some people, as I said before, will bring up death, which is always great at a comedy show. But uh, it's, not, it's not bad. And you get kind of used to it. You know, I've met some really great people. Bianca Del Rio. Truly um, a legend, uh, superior drag queen, 
so much energy. She really has great energy. She really and does. She's indefatigable, if I may so mm. describe her. She doesn't seem to get tired or sick. Or I mean, I'm sure she does. Everyone does. But when she talks about greeting people before a show, yeah. I, I could never do that. Right. But it is sort of great because it's like you get it out of the way, you do your show, and then you just but run I'm out of I'm so there. in my head before a yeah. show. I don't want to talk to anyone. I get that. But then I'm not Bianca Del Rio. You, um, <laughs> I, I actually saw her the summer before I moved to New York when I was still uh, underage. I snuck into Excel and she was performing there. And I didn't know. This was before I even watched Drag Race. So it was like, I didn't oh know who this God. person was. Had she already been on Drag Race? No. It was right before. Or maybe she had just, fi- she had just filmed it. Because it, it premiered in 2014. This would have been 20. No, this was 2012, so a couple years before. I first met her when Daniel Nardiccio um, created this silly music video yes, that yes. I think is still somewhere on YouTube where we all played like different sort of New York City characters. Mm-hmm. And Bianca's character was a drag queen who lived in a trash can. <laughs> so like <laughs> two of the – and Chris Harder's in it too. Yeah, so yeah. Chris and this other go-go boy go over to the trash can and they like they bang on the lid and all of a sudden Bianca pops out of it. <laughs> And it was really hard to film because she was too big for this little plastic trash can. So they had to like hollow out the bottom and she was kind of like in a hole and it was, but it was really funny. And I was like, I don't know who this person is. Wow. Um, And I got to know her through Daniel. She's been really good to you. She's been great to me. Um, By the way, this is, this just in, this episode is going to run longer than an hour. This is going to be a bonus episode. You have to be somewhere, right? I do. Oh, too bad. Okay. So this next lost episode of The Ass was episode nine. JB was here already. Uh, and it was our dear friend, Scott Hernandez. I was really kind of hurting for guests in the beginning. Mm. And Scott had just been on Million Dollar Listing for a moment. Right. And we decided that qualified him as a celebrity. And this is actually one of my favorite segments ever. I'm glad the listeners are going to be able to hear this. Um, we talked about our friendship and the fact that our favorite thing to do, and we, and you and Scott and I still do this, is to screenshot when someone is being messy mm-hmm. or extra on Facebook, and we send it to one another and we laugh about it. Yeah. And so this, we were talking about this porn star, this minor porn star that we both know on Facebook, and this uh, thing that had happened that, that we were involved in. So take a listen to this, uh, Scott Hernandez, July 30th, 2017. Um, <laughs> another person that we always talk about recently, um, we're not going to say his name, he is a former porn star turned <laughs> actor. Who still I'm, owes me a turned, blowjob, by the way. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yes, I see his name here on the list. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why does he owe you a blowjob? We were at a party after, we were at an after party after one of the parties, like Halloween party, and he had gone around the room, and I was like, I have to go. He's like, I owe you one. And He I, was blowing everyone at the party? Yes! I owe you one. Was he on, he wasn't a Derek and Romaine guest, was he? Not that I know of. All right, so this guy, I don't know him very well, we, we were... I thought you knew him very well no, for we, years. We were, no, we were featured in the same documentary. That's a clue oh. as to his identity. <laughs> I've known him for years. I really don't know him, but we're Facebook friends, or we were until this weekend. <laughs> Did you piss him off? <laughs> yes. He's such a sweet guy, though. He's really not. <laughs> I thought he was. <laughs> so the first thing he did was there's a gym in New York called, well, everyone knows Crunch Gym, right? So the location on 54th Street is one of the gayer gyms right. in New York City. It's right in the heart of Hell's Kitchen. And for many years, the steam room was notorious notorious for sex, for public sex, mostly oral. And everyone knew about it, and nobody had a problem with it. Until? 
I don't go to that gym anymore. I haven't been in years, but I did go for years, and it was a nice thing at the end of your workout to, get you know, blown. walk in and get blown. You know, and who 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 was it hurting? It's a victimless crime. Well, he apparently had had enough of it, and he also, um, for some reason, witnessed shit in one of the showers, or maybe twice. There was shit in the shower, which I don't see what that has to do with the steam room at all. But somehow he connected the two, and he emailed the CEO, who's personal email he had and he posted about it on facebook and he was like i'm putting a stop to this are you serious I, this is ridiculous i just want to he's like i went into the steam room today because my knee hurt which is such bullshit <laughs> and there were two guys blowing each other and they wouldn't stop even though i was standing there that's i'm like they probably recognized you because you're a fucking porn star former and and blowing well, and people how at many parties. Did he do? I thought I've only seen him in two or three. Actually, I just looked it up uh, yesterday because I was curious. Um, and I don't know. I, I don't think it was a lot. Um, I don't think he was uh, huge, but he has he has a bunch out there. Yeah, no. I mean, I I've definitely caught him on like a, what Pornhub a few times. Yeah, in, in some of the random clips that I watched. So he's no. But he, he wasn't. He's like no nun. Eric Rhodes or something. Yeah, but, no. but he's no monk. Right. So for him to be busting. A, a a public sex space that wasn't harming anyone, um, and then literally later that day after he sent the email, a sign was hung at Crunch Gym, which Scott took a picture of <laughs> and sent to me. Oh, so you go to this gym? No. The funny story is <laughs> you just threw your friend I under know, the bus. I know, I know. My God! I don't go to the gym, but after I saw his posting, I was like, Oh, I have to check this out. <laughs> So, because I've heard about this gym for a while, and I was like, all right, and I'm in the city, to check it out. it's now, this summer, I haven't been in a steam room slash sauna for a while, I might as well go and check it out. So I went, and I signed up for a week free pass, and I was so excited, I went, to, I went into the locker room, and the first thing I see is the steam room's permanently shut down. Of course. Right? Dear members, the steam room is permanently closed. We're sorry for any inconvenience. And then he was so proud of himself. So... um and, and again, like, I don't understand what the shit in the shower has to do with it. I've had sex in the steam room hundreds of times, and I've only shit in the shower once. <laughs> so I just feel like that's an unfair. But, um, but no, so, so uh, people were really pissed. I can imagine. And, uh, and he, and I don't care. I don't go to that gym anymore. It's just the principle of it bothered me because I feel like you're, you're sort of telling our gay secrets. Yeah, not only that, he, well, he got a lot of people on his side on his page but of course people who you know are going to agree with him people who are right. not going to agree are going to reach out like we did right no one's going to be like i'm a whore and i'm pissed at you so <laughs> he so then he sends out a mass facebook message right. trying to raise money on some fucking uh gofundme page for his movie or his video or whatever the hell he's working on okay and i wrote back um I would be more inclined to to donate, but you got the steam room at Crunch Gym shut down. <laughs> and he was like, You're "I sick. didn't do that. That wasn't my fault." And I was like, "Wasn't it?" <laughs> oh, uh, the shade, the shade of it all. Yeah, that um, was a fun segment. Yeah, I um, I was just searching him, and that picture of him and Bianca showed up. So he is someone. He is someone. But. Yeah, and that wasn't the only thing he did. We went on to talk about the fact that, like, he took a picture of a woman with a dog on the subway, and he was like, I'm so fucking tired of these dogs, and oh, right. this is ruining the neighborhood. I remember and, that. And, like, he's just always, like... Has an issue. He's just, like, a superhero who only fights, like, victimless crimes. Right. <laughs> Things that don't matter. He's an asshole. Um, finally, 
one of the most exciting guests we've ever had and someone that I just wish wish were my husband. Wish I just think we should right be husbands. Now. I think so too. He, uh, we're the same age, basically, almost. <laughs> anyway, um, it's Wilson Cruz. Yes. Iconic hottie. Ugh, currently so starring in uh, Star Trek in the mm. new CBS yep. uh, All Access series. Um, we interviewed him back on uh, August 20th, 2017, episode 12. Again, these are the lost ass tapes, not available on iTunes. But here now is Wilson. Well, the great thing yeah. about you is you've been famous for 25 years, but you're still young and hot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank like, you. I guess I, I'm... <laughs> when I was researching you for this interview, I was like, Wilson Cruz is two years younger than me. How the fuck did that happen? <laughs> you know? And as long as you're younger than me, you're a young person, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> okay, then we'll keep you around. <laughs> but it's so true, though. Like, you're, you're still, like, young, hot, and sexy. You can still take your shirt off on screen and look fucking awesome. Like, that's pretty amazing for someone who's been around for 25 years. And it's not like you started when you were 10, either. No, I did not. I was 19. Well, I was 16. But anyway, anyway, yeah, thank you. You know, and that <laughs> taking the shirt off on screen thing, I mean, that's a, that's a whole other, that's a full-time job, I feel like. <laughs> Have you ever been? I'm not kidding. I don't remember. Were you ever nude on Noah's Ark? Did you ever show any booty? No, they, we got close. I think there was, I remember one episode where, it was his birthday. It was Ricky's birthday, and like I had a bow. I was like in my in my underwear, and there was like a big red bow on my ass. It was hilarious. Um, I would like to see outtakes of that. Please. That was. A, oh, and there, oh wait, there was a, there was a, a sex scene between me and Ricky where I think he removes my underwear with his teeth. Mm, that's nice. Yeah. Have you ever been nude well, nude on camera? Has, has there ever been a film where I you? I have not. What? I've never been asked. I mean, that's crazy to me. Who wouldn't ask you? I've asked you just when I've run into you on the street. <laughs> I, you know what? I actually was, actually, I showed some booty. I did show some booty. Uh, in, I did this web series that my, my friend Sebastian Lacoste created called Hustling, which was amazing if you haven't seen it. Yeah, I'm going to now. There, and, and we had a, a hot scene, and I walked back into the bathroom. So it was just booty. If, if you, if, listen, don't be sorry about that. If, if a, a, a terrific script came along with like a legit director and they said, Wilson, you know, for this one scene, we want you to show everything. Would you do it? Yeah. So it must be nice. Because <laughs> my answer would, gay. my answer to that would be, hell no, I don't want to show my small dick on camera, but you must be uh, packing something if you're willing to show it. So should we talk about my current project? <laughs> I just wanted to see how far I could go with that line of conversation. I do want to talk about your current projects because they're hugely exciting. But first, I just have one more question about about oh, yeah. sort of your career thus far. You had mentioned feeling a responsibility um, both mm -hmm. on my so-called life and in Party Monster and and. I'm thinking, you know, it's not only as an openly gay actor, but as a person of color, as a Latino actor, you know, you, you represent people who are not always seen on TV and in film. And if they are, they're not characterized properly. You're, you're, you're an actor. You're trying to give a good performance. But are you also always thinking, like, I need to do this right. I need to, to do this accurately. Mm. No. I mean, I think, I think, 
I think I've already had that conversation with myself once I've agreed to do it, right? Like right. when the when the part sh- shows up, you know, or the, even the audition shows up, I've already considered whether or not I want to do it or if it's going to, you know what I mean? Like, so by the time I'm on set and I'm doing it, I'm, I'm already in, I'm committed. So I'm not really thinking about any of that. I'm thinking about making sure I'm being honest about who this person is. Right, because you can't get the politics into your head when you're trying to no. to just feel no. things and be real. In the end, you know, I'm an artist, right? And my art is to be as honest as possible in the moment as I can. And I can't be thinking about what other people are going to think about it. I love Wilson Cruz so much. Awesome. Full disclosure, I wanted to have him on the show today as our guest, but Aww. he and he wanted to, but yeah. he is super busy right now. Of course. And filming up in Toronto. So we'll shout out him one day. Yes, shout out yeah, to but... Wilson. I love you. I want to marry you. Please enter I want to me. see your dick. Please enter <laughs> me. Um, that is our show today. We went extra long. This has been a bonus episode of The Ass. Thank you, Ryan and JB. Thank we will be you. back next week live. Actually, Ryan will not be here. He's going to no, be at a wedding. He will not be here. But oh. we have guest co-host Simon Mathis, and our guest will be hunky gay rock star Justin Utley. Ooh. You are missing a good one, honey. Damn. Don't forget to download Adam Sank's last comedy album. Follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram, at Adam Sank. Subscribe to this podcast at dnrstudios.com. Email me at adam at adamsank.com. Donate to keep JB on the ass at adamsank.com. Have a great week, bitches. Bye. Bye. Bye.